Hello, everyone. Welcome to the district's episode of Scandal Panel. Can you handle the scandal? Oh. <laughs> All right. As you can see right now, we have our very, very, very first honored guest, and it's none other than Elvin. Yay! Let's give him a warm welcome. As you can see, Jonathan is not here with us because he's engaged with his family, but he'll be back to join us shortly. So um, we'll can't wait to see you soon, Jonathan. Alvin, since you're actually the first time you'll be on our panel, we're so grateful and lucky to have you on our panel. Maybe could you like to tell us and the viewers out there uh, about a little bit about yourself? Hi everyone, I'm Alvin, and uh, I'm basically being invited to do to be a guest today. Mainly because I understand that I'm one of the first few COVID positive guests on the show, so <laughs> would like to actually just share my little bit of experience about this. Well, I mean, again, you know, my heart goes out to you, and I really do sincerely wish that you know you are resting well and speedy recovery. Yeah, Thank so you. Yeah. you are at home or a hotel or under the government. Lockdown or? I'm currently under the home recovery program. Home, home recovery. Yeah, so I've been staying at home since the 12th of October, and now it's now at the time of recording is already the 17th of October. It was about five days, so that means it's left about like another. Uh, until the 21st, which I believe is actually Thursday. Okay, and how many days in total for quarantine? Is it like 10 or 14 days? I think there's two different uh there's two different uh, uh amount of days that you have to stay. For those who are vaccinated, it is ten. I see. And are you vaccinated? Yes. I see. Okay. And before yeah. we go on, AJ, Stephen, have you all gone through any quarantine or lockdown? I mean, quarantine before. Have you all experienced it? Um. For myself, I don't think I have because um. But I would say pretty close. My colleagues father was COVID positive so therefore she's considered as L1 mm-hmm. and those people who came in contact with her right having lunch with her you know like eat with her share food with her uh, considered L2 so basically our company kind of like our, our organization kind of actually uh, tightened stricter laws I'm not so sure whether it's a compliance with the Singapore laws but we um, the rest of the people came in contact with her right uh, well, actually, you know, I have to be quarantined for at least seven days. Yeah, um, then again, the law keeps keeps changing, keep changing all the time. Exactly. Yeah. I, okay, I was unlucky to have to have a lockdown in UK last year. And then when I came back, quarantine in Singapore during that terrible time when I couldn't even, you know, once I landed, they shipped me up to the hotel. Hmm. I couldn't even do anything. It was terrible. So I... Elvin, you know, I totally understand the frustration and the weirdness of the whole situation. All right. Do you think it would be okay to like uh, share with us, like, you know, how do you, do you manage to able to get it or do you? You mean how, how how did I get it in the first place? Mm. Well, uh, to be honest, I'm not very sure how I got it. Um, But I do know that I had a little bit of close contact with people who were in contact with COVID-positive people just before I got it. So um, one of my students, uh, after coming for class, went home and then immediately messaged me saying that my mother actually got it. So, So at that point of time, I was 
a little bit of concern. So I actually took an ART test. Mm. And at the point time was negative. So that was I think on on Sunday or so. So that was that was Saturday, he told me. So on Sunday I took an ART test. But uh it was only on Tuesday morning that I actually Tuesday, Tuesday, uh Monday, Monday late night to Tuesday morning that I was actually taking a second ART test and I realized it was positive. So in between, actually, there was no such issues. Uh, then again, uh, my office is actually right next to a hot spot. So it's uh, at Gilambaru Food Centre. So I went there for makan quite often. Uh, I think... I did go there for makan just before I, I, I went into isolation as well. So I'm not very sure whether that would have actually impacted in any way. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, uh, but prior to this, right, did you, um, learning of your news of being positive, did you actually experience any symptoms whatsoever? Maybe that were... Yes, I think I, I, I was already starting to cough. So mm. that set off some alarm bells but when I was um, testing it was still fine right but I said okay based on the current guidelines is that you can still go up mm. so uh, I was I was coughing uh, I was starting to have a little bit more runny nose mm -hmm. so that was when I was like still not very comfortable about it then I went to take another ERT test huh? okay. well I, mean, I guess uh, in the end of the day it's like um it's good that you detected soon. So um, I I don't know how how's the situation with your family. So I guess all your family is also. Isolated. The good thing is that I'm not actually staying with family. Ah, that's uh, nice. Oh. Yeah. So in in my in my residence here right now, uh, there's no one who's actually over eighty. Right. So that that is uh that is definitely helpful la. Good, 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 good. You have access to your own washroom and, and kitchen? Yes, I do have a uh, washroom, but right. I don't have access, much access to the kitchen, as in I can, I occasionally still have to go out to, to grab some uh, water mm. and that sort of thing uh, from the kitchen. But other than that, most of the time, I'm actually staying in, in my room. And it's not very convenient because... Um, there's a lot of things that you can do in the kitchen, no? <laughs> I only realized that now. Yes. <laughs> and how about your meals? Grab all oh, the time. It's bloody expensive. Hey, that's convenient, <laughs> isn't it? You know what? That's, that's what they yeah. do. So, um, so have you done any subsequent tests or how do you report about your progress? Or You know, there was this report that we did mention um, the last time is that um, the minister even said, please do not call MOH for when people have inquiries, which I was very um, upset about, you know, seriously, because he didn't give an alternative. You have a question? Don't call us. Mm. That's all they said. And so what? what is it? How has it been now? And what have you been doing? And what have they been instructing you to do? To, to be honest, really, really minimal. Lah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when I first 
got tested ART positive on Monday midnight plus. Uh, my first question was, what, what was I going to do? And the, the, all the guidelines that were out there was that you just have to isolate yourself at home, especially if you have no symptoms. So you just stay at home and there's no one to report to. There's no hotline that they provided. So uh, basically you're on your own. So did they know, sorry, did they know you were staying with housemates? No one knew. That's the thing. Once you actually get ART tested, right, you don't need to report to anyone. So except for yourself, no one else knows unless you intend to tell them. So, oh, so you don't intend to tell your housemate. I mean, your housemate doesn't have to know about this. Lot, right? If you don't want them to know, basically, you can don't tell. Yeah, that's fine. But I mean, not, you see, not everyone is uh, privileged to have their own washroom. Mm. You, you know what I'm trying to say? You know, a lot of people have to share everything, even share bedrooms. So do these people, you know, yes, tell... Yes. There's no strict guideline to say that you have to do anything. Basically, it's just say that you have to isolate yourself in the room. Yeah, and personally, I do think, yeah, personally, I do think that... There's you know, no touch point, there's no nothing. Yeah, so self-isolation is usually quite... Um, it's, it's everyone's personal responsibility. La. So at the end of the day, right, it's like, um, and I think all of us, we have actually watched our PM... Uh, message basically he was saying that you know at this point of time as it the numbers keep growing right to a certain point the government really stopped counting already and it's like there's got to come to a point whereby we need to move on to the next phase where, where we have to learn how to live with COVID because that is kind of like you know there's something that we cannot be doing this forever and people are complaining the very fact that you know there's so much of this lockdowns there's so much of this and that so at the end of the day, right, and most of us are vaccinated. So at the end of the day, we just have to treat this as if, like, you know, it's a common flu. We're going to share this video that just recently released by Mothership. So um, we would like to share this with the rest. And perhaps you guys, each of you can share your thoughts on what you think about this. This is what life looks like for people living in other countries right now. And this is Singapore today. On September 24th, Singapore re-tightened its community safe management measures in response to the rise in COVID-19 cases. These changes were introduced even though we have one of the highest vaccination rates in the world, a comparatively low death rate, and an assurance in the past few months that this is the light at the end of the tunnel. I know many are fatigued and tired, but we are seeing light at the end of the tunnel. For those hoping to live, with an endemic COVID-19, these new measures seem to be a step back. Interestingly, most Singaporeans are actually in favour of these restrictions. In a recent survey, most people in Singapore said that they feel like the latest restrictions on social gatherings are just right. And in another survey, a significant majority of respondents said that they still fear catching the virus. Are Singaporeans actually ready to live with an endemic COVID-19? It's clear that the answer is no. Not yet, at least. Because, among other things, endemicity is a state of mind. Let me explain. First things first, it's understandable to still feel worried about COVID-19. This has been cited, even by authorities, as the main reason for tightened restrictions. And for good reason. 
An increase in the number of COVID-19 cases results in a higher likelihood that more COVID cases will need intensive care. A maxed out ICU means that appropriate care can't be rendered to those who need it. And that could lead to death. And we don't want death. And as I'm saying this, I'm aware that statistics are on my side. I don't have an underlying precondition, and I am statistically likely to recover from COVID-19 with relative ease. But not everyone has those odds. The rise in cases means an increased likelihood that the elderly and the vulnerable will catch COVID-19, and an increased likelihood that they will die. And dying is bad, and we should avoid that. A lot of our opening up plans depend on vaccinations, but at this point, children still can't get vaccinated. This is naturally a key concern for parents, especially if they are also supporting elderly parents. So of course they're worried, but if we are to live with COVID-19 as endemic, we need to understand that the situation isn't the same as last year. When SARS coronavirus 2 first emerged from China, we carried with it a fatality rate of about 3% to 9%. So depending on on um, the access to healthcare and a number of things, but essentially it was quite an alarming disease. But vaccination has changed all of that. Vaccination has now made the SARS coronavirus 2 infection, even with Delta, into mostly a flu-like illness or mostly asymptomatic. Now, in that context, we can live with COVID. And Professor Wee isn't the only person saying this. According to a recent Yale Medicine study, the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines are both highly effective in preventing symptomatic and severe illness from a COVID-19 infection. And that is essentially the key. Singapore has now vaccinated more than 80% of its population, but we are still not yet mentally prepared to live without the fear of getting infected by the virus, even if most of us will not be in a critical condition. It is true daily cases have increased since end August, and our hospitals are stretched. But it's not because a lot of people are suffering from serious COVID-19 symptoms. As of now, the number of severely ill COVID cases remains within expectations. However, there has been an increase in COVID-positive cases with mild symptoms, seeking medical attention in hospitals when it might not be necessary. The goal of home recovery is to reserve healthcare services for those who actually need it. Basically, the elderly and the vulnerable, who might suffer from more severe illness. COVID-19 treatment facilities have also been established to look after patients who are generally well, but have underlying health conditions that require close monitoring. If these measures succeed, then they can be adequately taken care of, and the risk of them dying from COVID-19 may be reduced. Studies conducted by NUH and KKH show that out of 259 children in Singapore who contracted COVID-19, only about half had mild symptoms, while the rest had no symptoms at all. And there is also a lot of research being done to test if vaccines are safe for those under 12. So there's reason to believe that a vaccine will soon be suitable for their use. I guess I have been cavalier about the whole situation in this video, but let me get serious for a bit. Yes, people will die from COVID-19, and it's incredibly hard for anyone to say dying from COVID-19 is okay. And you're right, we should aim to not have anyone die from COVID-19. But I just want to present some perspective. Our COVID-19 mortality rate is still one of the lowest in the world. In comparison, here's the mortality rate for dengue in 2020. And about 800 people die of influenza-associated deaths here each year. Yet Singapore has learned to live with dengue by using cautionary measures. And we also treat the flu as nothing more than an inconvenience. I'm pretty sure that we as a community have not done well enough to communicate what we call COVID this year 
is not the same as what we called COVID last year. I mean, the name is still the same, but the outcome is very different. And I think the context is important, right? It's not whether you acquire SARS-2 infection or not, it's what's the outcome of the infection. I think the, the messaging needs to be clearer. And to me, the simplest is just to call it a different thing. So one possibility is that's differentiated into flu-like COVID, COVID with warning signs, and severe COVID. Of course, there is an alternative, and that is a zero-case policy. We continue to cyclically tighten and loosen safe distancing measures, we continue to restrict our borders, and we continue to aim for as little COVID-19 cases as possible. Here's what's at stake for this alternative. In another survey, 37% of respondents said that their household financial situation has worsened. Mental health has also declined, with 76% of the respondents feeling sad or depressed. Elderly suicide cases are also at an all-time high since 1991, and business sentiments among Singapore SMEs has seen a historic low. So I think in Singapore, we also have to ask ourselves, how long can we keep this up for before we open up? Because the, the not opening up is not an option. Singapore will cease to exist if we don't open up at some point because our economy, our livelihoods, everything depend on Singapore being a hub for, for trade and, and travel and transportation. And all that. So at some point, we have to open up. To be fair, there can be cases made for either option. And it's not an easy decision to make at all. Whether we start to open up or still aim for zero-case tolerance, they both come with costs. But which of these costs are we willing to bear? When the time to open eventually comes, here are some things you can expect to happen. Number one, you're likely to get COVID-19 at some point. An endemic COVID-19 means we learn to live with the virus and that it circulates amongst the population at low levels. But if you're vaccinated, it's likely that you will be asymptomatic or experience mild symptoms. Number two, case numbers will rise or at least remain higher for a while. And regular COVID-19 testing may also become part of your routine. Delta is all over the world. It may be Delta or it's going to be another variant, but it, this virus is here to stay. To me, it's a question of when do you have to take this bitter pill? You have to, right? Because the virus is going to come in. But we can trust the vaccine to turn it from uh, what would otherwise be a, a potentially lethal infection into what is now mostly a mouth-like illness. Of course, at the end of the day, some of this may be easier said than done. People are still scared and frustrated, and this is completely valid. The four-stage roadmap for COVID resilience has been in place for some time now. But until the people of Singapore are ready to move forward, it could be quite a while before we are back to the normal that we were once used to. Alright, um, I've always said it's, it's so strange how the whole world is battling this um, virus, this disease. And yet every country is doing different things. Isn't it the same disease? You know, the, it, it's so, so different. You know, seriously, it's just, it is. But it is the same disease, right, that the whole world is experiencing, isn't it? Right? And the worst thing is now, if you ask me the most difficult choices vaccine and, and, and booster thing because from the the ministries to the health experts they all have different views on this you know the boosters and and what to take and all that and then like he said it, for Singapore it'll be quite some time before we get to normal and I think the biggest um, thing about going back to normal is maybe being maskless right 
where so many countries are already maskless. Why is Singapore going to take a long time before it becomes maskless? How do you feel? Feverish, cold, or anything, Elvin? Um, right now, I'm actually feeling much better. I think that I took some, uh, some, some decisions early on, mm-hmm. which were really, really useful for me. At least personally, I felt that it was... It helped me a lot. Those few decisions helps to keep the symptoms in check. But I have actually heard of people who are, are COVID positive who had quite severe symptoms. And some of them have got a loss of smell and that sort of thing. So it's, uh, it, it can get worse. And even after like 10 days of isolation, still suffering with all the side effects so uh it really depends it it, it really doesn't it, it it really depends on the individual i must say i remember when i heard that one of the side effects when you have uh, covid is like uh cold you know cough cold right cold a bit of sniffle and i was saying you know singapore is the tropics honestly years and years ago I always wake up with a cold and a sniffle. The side effects are a bit like quite norm- normal staying in the tropics. So that's the difficult part. For uh, me. I must say that the first stay was definitely not normal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard of quite a number of people who have actually had COVID, which tell me that it is definitely not like the flu. So they are younger than me also. So, uh, yeah, some of them are like um, uh, people in the same industry as me, which is fitness. So some of them are actually like uh, um, triathletes. Mm -hmm. And they are actually experiencing really bad symptoms. Okay. Okay. So they have symptoms like they're, they're really finding it really, really difficult to get out of bed. That sort of thing. So the, 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 the severity of the symptoms really differs. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah for, some, for some people, it can be quite bad. I was just looking to the newspaper and they're saying that they recently have the youngest case of death from COVID. So it's always been a case about it's always the, either the elderly or the vulnerable is like, you know, be the one affected. But this time you have like someone who's like 23 years of age it just sends a whole spiral of reaction from different people. And especially the video, right? You know, um, it's really quite concerning to say that 72% of the society is very concerned and still wants the restriction to go on, which is actually quite frustrating because it's like, for some of us who are really longing to have a normal life, Especially some of us who love traveling, particularly me. I love to travel. Till now, Singapore is like one of the few countries in the world that's still having this travel bubble, this travel quarantine, whereby you come into Singapore, you have to be quarantined for two weeks, even whether you're vaccinated or not, which I find is preposterous. A lot of other countries, right, are actually kind of like really open up. It's like they're moving on with life. Even US, even for Europe itself, Except for Australia, who's still under very tight lockdown because they're obviously following the example of Singapore, which is equally frustrating. So when is this going to be over? I, I happen to be in that 72% that you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear a little bit of what you're saying over there about um, from Ernest uh, about how uh, he feels that um, 
sometimes we 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 should just open up a little bit more AJ as well. But uh, I think that the the issue here is that people are feeling very frustrated, especially those who are pro opening up the economy. Um, the the frustration comes from idea of comparison. And there's in comparison with a lot of other countries, other countries are doing this, other countries are doing that. So those with a general wider worldview will actually have that in mind. And as compared to those who are actually a little bit more conservative, that uh, will want to keep uh, their lives safe, that uh, they want to actually keep uh, this particular um, virus in check. Uh, I come from a slightly more balanced point of view. I think the most concerning for me is that of the healthcare facilities. So the, the very, very first point that was brought out in the video, that one is a really, really big concern for me because uh, as much as we can say that the government says that this particular vaccine, after you take it, you won't have any much uh, effects. Um, it's, it's very interesting to see how they've actually worded the video. So if you, if you say that um, uh, the way they are saying is that um, a, lot of, a lot of those points that they're talking about, people getting mild and sim, uh, mild or asymptomatic uh, symptoms, they're coming from, uh, I, I teach critical thinking, so I use the word inductive which means that they are saying that there's a very low probability of it happening to you. So they're using probability as means to actually say that, hey, it's, it's, it's not very possible that you actually get uh, strong, uh, uh, severe symptoms. But when it comes to talking about the vaccine, they are saying that it is said that the vaccine will actually prevent severe to uh, severe symptoms from happening to you. So they are taking a very deductive point of view, which is actually more of like, this is, this is stated in the law. And to me, in a sense, that seems to be a little bit skewed. So it, it shows that um, to a certain extent, when they were actually coming up with this video, they already had a more or less a very... Uh, unbalanced point of view that they were trying to they're trying to skew uh, public opinion in the particular direction which to me it's a little bit of a concern uh, if you're going to present the facts then present everything out uh, fairly across the board and not not in a very unfair um, uh, in a more neutral manner. La. COVID is something that we all have to learn to live with regardless. I, I'm very curious to actually ask is how many of you have actually heard of other COVID positive cases around you? Uh, I've got someone going through it now as well. Um, it's um, being in Singapore, they tested positive, they feel okay, but they just have to go through the lockdown and the quarantine. Yeah. Um, I have one person's brother who passed away in UK. And that's it. Any, anyone else? Stephen is very quiet. 
Well, uh, about people that I know in Singapore, you know, uh, one of my students, I'm a singing teacher, so one of my students, the, uh, her father got the virus, he is a medical doctor at NUH, uh, he actually specializes in like diabetic care or something, uh, but he sometimes is reassigned to look after COVID patients when the need arises. Yeah, so recently he tested positive and uh, well, it's a household of four, you know, uh, two girls, husband and wife. And so he isolated himself in the master bedroom for the period of 10 days. Thankfully, he didn't really have any severe symptoms apart from a loss of taste and smell. So when when the mom, when his wife messaged me to update me, right? Um, his, uh, well, she said that uh, thankfully, thankfully the lockdown happened and we moved our lessons online before he tested positive for the virus. Yeah. And, um, and apart from, you know, uh, a slight loss of taste and smell, there wasn't any any um, heavier, more serious symptoms, which I said, well, a loss of taste is good, then you don't have to cope as well for him then. I, I think that um, also as compared to other countries, we need to keep in mind of the idea of change. And uh, change management is something that we uh, has, to, has to be slowly introduced in our society as compared to maybe overseas. Because in, in, in Singapore, basically the bulk majority of the public has been very used to numbers which are actually three digits and below. And now suddenly you're looking at four digits and above. So to them, the impact is actually greater. But in overseas, actually, especially in UK and US, mm -hmm. the, the numbers in Malaysia has been so great. Yeah, so their ability to actually adapt to, to opening up, to change, and suddenly having this sudden burst of numbers, is, is the tolerance level is much higher. La. Okay, one thing, um, you know, with all this, um, being my whole family, we are asthmatic. That's why... The mask is a big concern for a lot of people having breathing problems, especially with our weather, you know, it's really difficult. But what I'm going to say is, yes, COVID has affected a lot of people, but the restrictions we are having is the, affecting a lot of people mentally and emotionally, you know, like the suicide cases. And because I'm a counsellor, I deal with children, you know, I deal with therapy and all that. It is... Definitely on the rise. The restrictions we are having, just the restrictions. It's not even, I guess it's COVID related, right? Because it's the restrictions. So, you know, how do we balance that? And I always say, if the mask goes, doesn't mean you, if the mask goes, doesn't mean that you cannot wear a mask if you want to. You know, people are very afraid. They say, oh, if, if it's not compulsory to wear a mask, oh my God, everyone is not going to wear a mask. I said, but if you wear a mask to protect yourself, it's, it's not compulsory that you don't have to wear a mask. I think WHO has actually more or less uh, has, has stats to, set, to prove that um, 
mental uh, disorders are actually on the rise. Lah. Yes. So that part is actually quite clear-cut. Uh, so, so it's about still having all these restrictions. And on a personal note, because of these restrictions, I'm stressing out over my exhibition, which I'm having next week. It's an art exhibition. And you know, in the whole gallery, we're only allowed four people. And it's a group exhibition with five artists. You work out the maths. You have to like do some research because I know that from my organization, basically like, you know, we can conduct like, you know, religious activities and, you know, and even like meetings and stuff like that. You definitely have the congregation of maybe like minimal 1,000 or something like that. So it's, um, it's always plus and minus. Depends on what kind of an organization it is, whether you're in the religious society or you're in a business entity. So it's, it's always very, very subjective. Lah. But in the end of the day, we all really, really hope to really see our life revolt back to normal, especially for myself, because I'm really itching to travel. This has also actually taken a toll on the majority of our mental state of health, especially even people. People, very normal folks like us. We... You know, we just want to get away. And how many of us have not been traveling for, for three years already? Myself in particular, three years I've not been stuck on a plane. It's really like I'm trying to hold it together. So, but again, it's nothing compared to what you are going through, Elvin. So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I've got to say really, you know, our heart really can, goes can, up. Can I just try to just step out of the house first? Try <laughs> 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 to step out of my room to the kitchen first. Exactly. That's one thing that you need to clear that and you will come very soon. So on a positive note, it will come very, very soon. So that's something you don't have to worry about. At the meantime... Just- yeah, just to check, you're not given a monitoring ban, right? No. Were there some people that had monitoring bans? Just to check. I don't think so. Lah. That'd be crazy. Think, the first part... Earlier on... Earlier uh, on, there was, you know, I swear, they were given some bans, right? So that Earlier on, there were checks. MOH can track you. Yes, yeah. you that was very, very early on. And that's how people were fined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. So lucky you don't have to, you know, you're you're really, you know, it's up to the discretion of the person and the honesty that you you keep yourself in the room. Alvin, what are your views on this booster thing? Well, apparently the booster does not really apply to me now because I've been told that once you actually get two two vaccine jets and you get COVID positive. You're no longer applicable for uh, eligible oh, for booster. Wow. Oh. Oh. May, may okay. I ask what 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 um vaccine? Brand. What Moderna. Moderna. Okay. Oh. And um, did you have any uh side effects after you got your shots? Yeah, for me, every single one I had side effects. Oh dear, the first bad. shot and the second shot. And yeah. how long did it last? Uh. Second one lasted for three to four days. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like really, really bad. And then after that, it suddenly just disappeared. Oh, mm. all right, all right. As I, I got my uh, Pfizer, and I, I remember keep on telling the doctor that the breathing was really labored and heavy and all that. And then the, the news about how Pfizer actually affects the heart came out after that with the 16-year-old you know yeah. and the worst thing is that when you feel bad after the jab every time you go and see the doctor 
they say, oh, that's a good thing because that's, that means that, you know, the, the vaccine is working in your body. I said, that means a good thing, but I'm feeling so bad. I don't get it. You know what I mean? How can feeling so bad be a good thing? Oh. Well, um, apparently I'm feeling so very bad now. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a good, a good thing. thing. So can you imagine if the doctor says, oh, that's a good thing. That means, that means it's working. I, I, I don't get that, you know, and that's what I was told. Uh, I guess like in the end of the day, right, it just depends on individuals. Like, you know, they were also encouraging, like, you know, you need to exercise more so that you really help you to actually deal with your shots better. But, but then don't overexert or something like that. Or, or something like some, that. And it was actually something like don't don't exercise the day before because otherwise when you have muscle sore, right, it's gonna or, or two weeks after. I have no idea. To me, I don't I don't care. And they keep healthy. Steven, any side effects? Some muscle ache. Just very normal stuff. The next day, yeah, I had a slight fever at around like 9, 10 p.m. Then I just slept. Next wow. day, I had muscle ache, especially in the arm that I was jabbed yeah. in. Yeah, but by the third day, I was fine already. Yeah, yeah. a little heaviness, a little heaviness. Heaviness, right? Yeah, just walking. Okay. Generally, two, okay. yeah. And mine was two weeks of like feeling giddy and no appetite. And everyone knows I love food. So for me to have no appetite means I'm really, really ill. It was really bad. So when they said booster shot and then I went like Pfizer and then my doctor did recommend that I can take another brand. So of course there's that controversy where can you change your Which brand? I heard that Bondana is even worse. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's why it's so confusing. And then someone said, how about the... The China one? Sinovac. Sinopharm? Sinovac? Yeah. I don't know. So There's another said, one called Sinopharm. Sinopharm, right? Yeah. But the thing is that the one you have to pay for it, right? You're not going to get it free from the government places. I have no idea. No, you have to go, you have to see a private GP for that. For that uh, one, the Sinopharm or Sinovac. Yeah. Yes. Then yes. every time I tell people that, then they go, are you planning to go China? I said, no, 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 no. That's what they just said that it's safer. That's all, you know, instead of doing Pfizer. And if I'm not mistaken, even Pfizer said that the third jab will affect the heart. There's a write-up on that, that they say it does affect the heart. So it's strange that our government still approves that. But that's why, that's why they actually instigate saying that, you know, you can choose whichever you want. So for myself, I'm still toying the idea whether should I go back to Moderna or should I do Sinovac? You know what I'm saying? So um, as I say that you get Sinovac, it's like, you know, you can get a free pass to China. <laughs> and now it's scary because when, is you know, these vaccines are supposed to be for health, right? But when it becomes, oh, certain countries <clears throat> approve certain brands and certain countries don't approve certain brands, isn't it very political? It's no more for health. So, Alvin, so they told you you don't need a booster jab. Uh, Based on, there was WhatsApp um, number that you could WhatsApp Yishun Polyclinic. Okay. So, I did did actually WhatsApp them and that was the reply that I got. But they said this is going to be like a flu thing. So, you know, some people have flu jabs every year. So do you think we are going to need to have a COVID jab, a vaccine, every year in the future? 
I think that you most probably still need to have booster shots. That's what I personally think, but I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I but think, I think it's definitely in the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's a must. But I can see the concern because I've I've heard of slightly more horrifying cases of COVID positive cases before. Yeah. So I also don't want the a similar situation happening for me lah. Mm. I have a particular friend whose uh, mother passed away recently uh, in Singapore because of COVID. Uh, and she was not able to see her mother for the last time. Yeah, so uh, she, she, was, um, she was actually COVID positive, but they refused to endorse that she was COVID positive because she needed to get a PCR test first. And by the time her PCR test results came out, she was actually confirmed to be COVID positive and she wanted to see her mother. By then, her mother had already passed away. So if such situations do happen in, to, to my parents, I think that would be also a concern for me. So if my parents can get a booster jet and it is as safe as they claim it to be, then I personally wouldn't mind that happening. I, I don't know what's your concern about the booster jet though. It's just that I've heard adverse results about the booster jab, you know, and... But I think we've heard adverse results yeah, about, about the booster, everything. About that, <laughs> yeah, so the thing the is that, that, that is the thing. Because I experienced such a terrible after effect, you know, it's not, you know, so how can I be so happy to go and get another jab? <laughs> That's the thing, you see? Uh... I, I also have um, expressed my views on my Facebook before about um, people who are actually not vaccinated. And I can actually understand your point of view. Some of them are saying that, oh, well, this particular vaccine was developed too fast. It's uh, not well-researched. Uh, there's most of some politics involved. Uh, government or don't know what uh, high level health organization is trying to cover up and on sort of things but I think that uh, to a certain extent I, I don't think that they are 100% wrong I think to a certain extent that some of the studies might not have been that fantastic uh, it could have been actually better for some of the studies but um, if you look at the other side of things, the other opportunity cost, what is it? So the opportunity cost here is that um, at least from a very practical point of view, if you don't get the booster jab, you won't be able to go out. You won't be able to make, meet with your friends. You won't be able to do a lot of things. They will not open up the society. It will not be safe. And there's a very high risk that if you are actually really um, not vaccinated, that if you get the COVID, it might not be just a flu. It might be something which is really, really serious. I think that you, we, have to, we, have to, we have to really weigh out the opportunity cost as well and to see which is the lesser of the two evils. And it's not just a very, very clear-cut 
yes or no answer for that. I'm with you. I totally agree with you on that, Alvinus. For this case, I always strongly encourage, and I do understand a lot of people have their own concerns, and it's not up to us to judge them. But again, it's like we always have to look in terms of the bigger picture because, you know, for them, gaming the, being the reason for not going for the vet, and then after that, being the self, the liability of the society, right? That can be quite, uh, you know, yalla, and, uh, yeah, you do have a social responsibility as well. Exactly. Exactly. And this, I do hope that this uh, video, whoever watches this, uh, will give you a very clearer mindset about how we take this uh, seriously. And hopefully that we also want to wish everyone the best of health. Thank you, Elvin, for your time. And I really appreciate you. Thank and, you for uh, having me. You. Yeah, you've been lovely to have. And we do hope to see you in our future episodes. And we definitely will talk about more fun things, okay? Yes. I, I hope that the next time I'm on your episode is not because I'm COVID positive. No, not at all. No, 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 no. Elvin, the next time you talk to us, you're going to make us all do a headstand. <laughs> all right? I thought Ernest is going to make us uh, get naked. <laughs> well, that, that's a different one. That's a different one. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's Ernest's idea. Elvin, Everybody must get undressed. Yes. <laughs> so, Elvin, do give us uh, the number we can contact, you know. If we're interested in the stretching program, which sounds really interesting and very healthy, and especially at this time, all of us have, have to keep healthy. I think that's yeah. you know that that's the most important thing. Sure. Right. All right. Well, thanks for having me on on today's episode. Uh, hey, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. Can you handle the scandal? Oh. Wow, you can see right now we have our new guest with us. It's none other than Alvin who came to join us for the very first time at Scandal Panel. Let's give him a round of applause. Yay! Yay. For this next topic, we're going to go for Know Your Scandals. We will hand it over to Ernest. Okay, very interesting topic. All of us watch reality programs, competitions, you know. Tell us which reality competition or program you would want to join. Well, as a singer, I would love to be on The Voice, you know. Uh, well, preferably in the US edition, but UK, Australia, you know. China! I'm not... <laughs> China! Well, you know, China gave us coronavirus. I think that's a big enough gift to that will last for a long time already. So, yeah, I will pass on that. Yeah, but for me, well, for me, as a singer, right, it is it would be a real dream come true if if I get to perform on stage in a studio that looks like a small arena as it is, you know. And then we have we have these world famous stars and to have them to have them love my voice so much they would want to coach me you know wouldn't it be great to count big stars like ariana grande and john legend as your singing teacher right well there are many singing shows like uh -huh. american idol or you know the god talent which can which can be quite gimmicky quite trashy at times i like the voice the best because because they have these celebrities work as coaches instead of merely judges I like that they actually teach the contestants about how to be better, how to be better at performing, 
better at your singing technique and so on, you know, rather than just simply offering comments after a performance. So, yeah. Okay, you know they always compare the voice to American Idol. You still prefer mm. the voice than American Idol, right? Oh, by far. I like the voice. I like the voice because I will get to interact with the coaches. I like that the coaches uh, have a big hand in in helping to shape okay, the performers okay. well performances before they go on stage. You know, uh, on on American Idol, they just sing and then the judges offer their comments. But in the voice. Uh, the celebrities are coaches, so they are a lot more hands-on, and I I like that format. Yes. Who is your ideal judge? If you can, can could have anybody. Nick Shelton. <laughs> no, uh, anybody. Okay, anybody. Well, uh, uh, as someone that loves big voices and dance music. And uh, and the young gay guys that she attracts, I don't think I can go wrong with Ariana Grande. Yeah, I thought Madonna. Yeah. Apart from getting to work with her, apart from getting to work with her, I can impress any twenty-year-old by saying by just recounting stories with Ariana Grande. With Grande, right? That's a very good one. I do feel you, Stephen, because um, based on what you say, right, I have actually been on a reality show. Many, 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 many years ago, and that was Singapore Idol. So ah, our top sixteen finalists, and mm-hmm. uh, it was. I also went to the wildcard round, and you know, I get to see the behind the scenes of the harsh reality of what's like of the judging. And trust me, I do not like it one bit. It was rigory to the point, and even my parents also cursed and swear and said that you know I don't like this particular judge because he says the only one who says harsh words about you. The rest are okay because of that. It actually rigged the whole voting system to go not in your favor. So I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. So I moved on from there. But I must admit that the whole reality aftermath left quite a lot of us scarring. For those of us who did not go into the finals or who just did not make it through, you know, unless you talk about the ultimate winner, of course, ah. But now coming back to my own reality show, what would I would really like? But some of you know that I love to travel, so my ideal reality show would be amazing. Race. Oh my god! Okay, yeah, okay. and I just the Asian one, right? The American one. I right? don't care whether it's Asian or as long as I can. Prize money is man, God, I would be like flying all over the place and showing my ass off, and it's like imagine like you know we have a local gay couple or something like that. I just go like and you know that would be freaking cool. So that's about it. it. Is- it's yeah. so nice that the uh, Singapore couple won, right? The Asian. Exactly. Yes. yes. I'm very happy for that. Very happy. Um, yeah. The Asian one, you get to meet Alan Wu, which some people really adore and love. Oh, please yeah. tell your story of, of your of your opinion of Alan Wu. Okay, yeah. never mind. That's another thing. <laughs> okay, Elvin. Elvin, how about you? Okay, but then AJ just took away the reality show that I really wanted to join. You can okay. you can be partners. Yeah, can be Alvin, when you when you recover, you and I will go on the trip together. Yes. Okay. How good are you? How, what is your what is your strength? Are you good in reading maps? Are you good in like finding clues? Yes, that's the thing. Okay, we'll ask both of you, right? Okay. <laughs> Which so I also love um, you know, um Amazing Race. Which is your most favorite competition, you know, and which is your most hated competition? Okay, I, 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 I will go first. I can eat anything. So I love it when 
the Caucasians get weird when they are given all the weird inside animal stuff to eat because I love it so much. So, you know, those are the competitions which I love to, you know, like survival and find something in a pie. My goodness, I'll be eating everything. <laughs> the worst, yeah, you know, the worst competition are those with heights. I'm sorry. Time's out. Okay. I, I'm the type that really like physical challenges. <laughs> so I might not be really able to do it very well, but it's, it's something that really pushes my limits. I think that's something that I really enjoy uh, trying out and seeing how it actually works Phys- for me. Physical, huh? physical. Yeah. which is your most hated competition? Like, like which one? Reading maps or... Reading Find maps is uh, uh, physical challenges as well as intellectual challenges are fine with me. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, how about this? How about those memory work ones? That that you can't rely on me. That <laughs> <laughs> one you can rely on me. I'm very good at memories. So AJ, I'm what very good at booking flight tickets. I can yeah. find the oh. I can find the, the flight tickets all the way to Timbuktu. Trust me. Yeah. Let leave it to me to, to do the booking of flights. <laughs> so I guess yeah. uh, AJ Elvin, which one drives? I drive. I oh, don't. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, the backseat driver, the map reader, right? Map, map reading is okay for me most of the time. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I yeah. remember the when they came to Singapore, they had to find Kwachukang, if I'm not mistaken, in our HDB yes. flats. <laughs> no, was... Why is Stephen giving the look? <laughs> <laughs> no, but just to show you, uh, our HDB flats is actually quite confusing, you know. Because it's yeah. not I was actually quite mad of that amazing rate because you know why they mispronounced Changi Airport as Changai Airport. Oh, really? I was like, how dare you on an international reality <laughs> show you name our airport as Changai? How Changai dare you? Airport. You know, I still have it in brain in my mind. I was like, I'm so pissed off with Amazing Race for, for, for that. Okay, and, uh, so for Elvin and AJ, if you join the Amazing Race, would you want to come and race back in Singapore? No. Why? Why would I even do that? I know every bit about Singapore. It's so small. Well, it depends on what what sort of uh yeah. It depends on what is the the the, the thing that's running through my head. If you are actually like the last leg, everyone would win it. Then of course, if you do it in Singapore, we're going to have an advantage. But yeah. if you're actually talking about if you're talking about like um trying to to go travel, trying to go see different things. Of course, you're in Christmas, you've never been to. Yeah, and something which is really interesting, has an interesting culture, something which is different, something you can immerse yourself in, rather than something which is already very familiar with you. And, and one thing I have always realised is many, many times, a team would lose because of a taxi driver. <laughs> because he doesn't know where he's going. Even they, though he said, I know, I know, I know. I know, I know, go where. Then after three hours later, right? I don't taxi, know. Taxi, taxi, tuk, tuk, always, taxi, no, taxi. always. Yeah, so time. many people all lose because of Never trust a driver. taxi driver in India. Yeah, but oh. I, I must say that I've, I've, I've actually tried to navigate myself in Nepal before. It's a... Uh, Disaster to do that using Google Map because actually you find that the maps actually don't work there. Oh. Yeah. So it's a different thing altogether. But um, for Amazing Race, you can't have a handphone, right? It can? Wait. No. Can you have can't. a handphone? No, you so can't. You can't use all these, right? Google stuff. 
You have to book the tickets, go directly to the airport and oh. for ticket. And even yeah. if it results you to wait overnight, right? You have to wait. Oh god, okay. No choice. I, I yeah. guess this will be on hold for a while with what's happening in the world, right? Exactly. Actually, yeah. I don't know whether they're going to continue again because, you know, where can they go to? So what about you, Ernest? Oh, okay. For me, <laughs> okay, the whole wide, wide world knows uh, the two things I love is movies and food. So, everyone who knows me also knows I can't cook. So, there is this competition called America's Worst Cooks. If okay. there was a Singapore Worst Cooks, I would join. Seriously. <laughs> because there's an American Worst Cooks. Seriously. Or I would join uh, Nailed It. Have you all seen Nailed It? Because... So they, I love it. I love it because for people who can't bake. And I would join that. You know? Seriously. And we get to eat what I make and, and you know, make mistakes with it. And I love the host. She's so cool, right? Uh, so Nailed is on Netflix, and it's it's really wonderful. So yes, that is what I want to do. Yeah. So Stephen, actually thinking about yours, uh, is there a contest for operatic singers? There is. There is. There's one in China. Oh, okay. Besides China, <laughs> if, if you have a gimmick, you can go on. One of the God Talent and, shows. Oh yeah, the God Talent shows. If you can sing like both in a male voice and a female, female you know, voice, voice oh, and then you can like do do somersaults while singing, or like you just do a striptease while singing. All of which I've done before, by the way. Okay. You know? <laughs> there was one reality program called The Swan. <laughs> Do you remember that? It's a, it's a competition for... I know, I know, I know, I know. There's a yeah. program where people who have plastic surgery go and compete. It's so <laughs> and amazing. And they go, oh my God, another brown lift. Yeah, 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 and they, have, they compete uh, how good their plastic surgery is. I'm like, okay... Fine. Actually, I'm not against plastic surgery. No, I'm okay. not against plastic surgery. If... You know, trust me, if you can do my face uh, to look like Gong Yu, uh, let them all go through plastic surgery. And then they will all compete and every week, you know, mm, okay, who is the least pretty one gets kicked out. And then they will all join a pageant. I join like, a imagine pageant. you go through plastic surgery and then you join a pageant. That's so belittling of women. It's like, it's like it's it's all gone wrong, seriously. That's oh, like everything that happens in the early 2000s is just yeah. so wrong. But yeah. but then on the other hand, um, everyone wished there was a gay bachelor, right? There was one, uh, called Finding Prince Charming, hosted by Lance Bass of. Is it real? Uh huh. Yes, uh-huh. But you know what? I watched the whole entire season of it, and I was absolutely flabbergasted. You know why? why? It's like they got rid of all the coloured contestants. Okay. Yeah. And there were no Asians. No Asians at all. The most you get is like maybe one black, one Latino. And then after they got booted off, because um at the at the very final stage, because it, after all, the bachelor or the prince charming mm-hmm. have a preference. They kind of got rid of the contestants bit by bit. But they'll keep the black and the Latinos at the maybe at the final four. Then they start to get rid of them because obviously the Prince Charming doesn't like black guys. Not into Latinos. So it's like <laughs> 
damn and it's like it got the whole entire internet spurring and said that uh, my god but, this but how about those things like love island and you know where what is it about i don't understand it's just basically sexy people in groups Paradise, right? Bachelor's Paradise. Paradise and what? I, I, I yeah, don't get the premise of the whole cover. show. No. Yeah. Seriously. How about you, Elvin and Steven? What what reality programs are out there? And you're like, what can that be a reality program? Seriously. <laughs> I, I will not put myself in survival. Like, let's put oh, it oh, that oh, way. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I know. You mean you won't join Squid Game? <laughs> Actually, I've not really watched Squid Game. Oh, oh okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the thought of like after 28 days, right? No food. You look like shit. And then your straggly hairs has grown. Oh my goodness. No, 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 no. If I join Survivor, if I join Survivor, there'll yeah. be members missing. <laughs> yes, Ernest. You understand, you know, right? No, and then, yeah, with you and my team, right? You'll be yeah. the first person I vote out. No. <laughs> Sorry, because you're hard to get know, along with. I don't know where AJ <laughs> is. It's okay. I love you. I love you, Ernest, but I will be the, I'm gonna vote you out the first because I you'll be so unbearable. Aya! I can't sleep. Aya! Aya! What the fire is out? Complain, 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 complain. Wait, and I will vote you out. Yeah. Okay, then you see me my confessionals are uh, it's earnest, uh, left, right, left, right, then center, exclamation mark, asterisk, X <laughs> side. So Stephen, <laughs> what is your least favorite reality program that you tried watching and you go like, what the hell is this? In its prime, I used to watch Fear Factor. <laughs> and oh. you know there are these challenges where they get uh, they get contestants to eat weird things like worms and bugs and stuff. And so there was like an array of weird things. And one of the weird things was durian. <laughs> and I stopped watching after that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. And then my mom used to cook pig's brain for me when I was young. And then they, and I love it with steamed egg. I don't know how Stephen ate it. How do you eat it? Oh, in a soup form. Soup, right? yeah. soup form. Oh. And then you try steaming it with egg. It's really nice. And then when they had this contest where the Caucasians go, it's pig's brain. I'm like, give me. <laughs> I miss it so much. You know what I mean? Which is so weird. So that, I, okay, about that, that, the strange food. I mean, recently there was this whole thing where there was a sci-fi uh, series, science fiction series. And to them, alien fruit, you know what they got, right? Rambutans. <laughs> Oh, we're giving you alien food. That's funny. It was a whole bowl of rambutan. So it's like, boy. What the hell, right? And then it's like, thinking that the other world doesn't know what the hell that is. That's why traveling is so important. Exactly. Traveling is really just going and experiencing, you know, different cultures and different food. I always want to travel with people who wants to try different food because I have been overseas with people in Europe and all they want is fast food or Chinese food. And it's like, argh, you know, seriously. So I don't know. All right? Yeah. I hate going on these like group tours to let's say Australia mm-hmm. or some European country. And every meal stop is at the Chinese restaurant. And on top of that, there are always the same dishes. <laughs> Sita, Sita, Sita dishes. So, 
uh, I mean, that's why um, people love, you know, Amazing Race, where they go different countries and try all the different foods, yeah. right? And that's why yeah. Amazing Race won Best Reality Show Emmy Awards oh, every yeah. year until it was taken off air because of uh, COVID. And that's where RuPaul becomes the best reality show. I was half expecting Ernest to ask if there was a RuPaul Singapore in... <laughs> <laughs> Would you actually We have been talking it? about this like, We were talking about like this all the time All the time We're always constantly talking about it so Alvin, if you can help us to find a license with MediaCorp Which we would definitely not rely on yeah, You're able to give the green light yeah. We are all for it I'll be, I'll be happy to be a producer yeah. <laughs> and Alvin, do you, Alvin, do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race? No, I don't oh, Okay, oh. this meeting is over <laughs> because it's joking, because there's a, a section where we always talk about RuPaul Drag Race. Right. For my hated reality TV show, I think it's got to be Big Brother. Why is it so? Even oh. though it's so popular in so many countries, right? My goodness, would you actually stand to be in a group of people that you do not know with big personalities, stuck with the house like 45 days, then trying to vote them out, and you have literally cameras zooming in at every single move? No can do. No way, honey. I you know you can pay me a million bucks. I'm not I ain't signed up for this because even the toilets, yeah. right? Yeah. Toilets so people can right? even spy on you and, and, and yeah. it's up to the discretion of the producers and the editors to blurt your bits part out. Mm. And would you feel comfortable? I mean, come on, unless you're very sexually confident and you have like <laughs> you you're an exhibitionist. All right, make sure you better trim your down there part. Yeah. I mean some people love it. So, but not me for sure. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Or the hanky-panky part, no, like, like contestants get on with each other. There's like straight ones, there are gay ones or so. Wow, romping, romping here. Capture on the night camera. Okay. How would you stand that? One very good question. How, you know, these like big brothers and all that, now, how much of it do you think is planned? I mean, you know, we talk about all the the, pla- uh, the RuPaul, you know. Every bakery. reality show is planned. It's all like about... Uh, you even think um, Amazing Race? No. Okay, the reason why is like, okay, for things like Survival, Big Brother, and Amazing Race, right? It's all wildcard. It's all really based on the contestants. Because it's, Al- it's unpredictable. Yeah. Alvin, do you think Survival is really all... Nothing is planned? I because don't really bother game. about it. It's a social mm. game because it's really a matter of how each individual plays the game. It's a game was not just only surviving the elements, but also survivors, the psychological and the mental aspect of it. It really depends on you. you know, if you don't play a social game, if you don't know how to learn how to be strategic and learn how to build alliances, right? You're off the game, even no matter how strong you are. And especially if you are the fittest. Yeah, you may be good for the group challenges, but trust me, yeah, <laughs> once you get to the tribe merger... You're the first person they're going to vote out, so you got to watch your own toes. But remember, there was this totally hot Asian guy who won. What's his was, name? Korean. I don't know. He was so fit. You know, he. I just drew until I forget his name. Like ah, I forgot. Yeah. Do you remember that one? It was quite early in the season, right? Uh, <laughs> that was like the 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 survival. Alvin, do you remember? Race. Yeah, I don't really watch Survivor. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Oh, what what reality shows do you watch, Alvin? Yeah, actually, I hardly watch a lot of shows because um, at home I don't have a TV. Yeah, 
Uh-huh. Oh, so, okay. yeah, I actually watch everything through YouTube, and most of the time I choose the type of shows that I'm watching. So if I actually do watch some, uh, it's more like variety shows, like some of the Korean, uh, keep running, uh, Running Man, oh, and then the China ones. I do watch quite a number of China variety shows, yeah, okay. because my I I do watch a lot of Chinese based shows. That's why you know about the opera competition in China. There's a particular singer that I like a lot, and he was actually doing very well in it. Yeah, singer or opera, operatic singer. Uh, both. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm not very sure whether you have heard of Zhou Shen. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. So Zhou Shen actually joins quite a number of reality programs. So one okay. of them was this was this uh, show which is actually specifically for classical singers. Okay, okay. Wow. Do they sing uh, Chinese songs or uh, American Mix. songs? Mix. No? Especially operatic songs, right? Yeah, it's all classical. It's purely oh. classical. Purely classical. So they have classical Chinese Mandarin songs. And... Uh, more classical like style singing, but they, they yeah. update the, the, the stylistically, you know, for contemporary audience, so that it's interesting oh. and, and it, 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 it's, it's something new for the audience to watch. Yeah. I did a quick search. The name of this, the show is called Shen Ru Ren Xing. Shen Ru Ren Xing. Uh, is there uh, an English translation? Uh, you mean for the name of the show? Yes. yes. Super Vocal. Oh ah. well, my love for opera is really in the works, in the musical theater works that are you know classics, repertory classics, much like Shakespeare, in that you know they, these are men works meant for the theater that have been performed for generations, up generations after generations, and will still be performed long after we're gone. Yeah, so th- uh, that is my interest, and in my spare time, much like Elvin, I spend a lot of time watching YouTube. I watch a lot of documentaries about ancient history, and I watch uh, well musicals and operas that I w- otherwise wouldn't get to watch in Singapore. Yeah, of course, to be a performer in opera, it's a lifetime of training, and even then, you are, it's a lifetime of training just to be okay, much less to be a world-class exponent. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I'm happy that, uh, that the art of classical operatic singing is being promoted this way. However, it is not something that I personally am interested in because I'm more interested in the theatrical works themselves than in the performers that perform it. Unless there are, of course, these like legendary performers that all the performers nowadays respect you know of a earlier generation and such you know then i would seek them out and because i trust that they will they will perform these theatrical works respectfully yeah and and such Hmm. not auto-tuned and and fake all that well, I mean, in studio recordings, there's always a bit of auto-tune, but uh, classical singers, operatic performers, classical musicians, they pretty much prove themselves as live performers first before they get a recording contract. Oh. Unlike uh, uh, in the pop world where 
you come up with a really good studio album first, then you get to go on tour and prove yourself as live performers. The worst one, I'm not sure whether any of you have actually heard about it, from the Discovery Channel called Naked and Afraid. Yeah. About a man and a woman were like playing the Adam and Eve role. So they all strip off naked and they will have to survive for what, how many days. I think that is crazy, man. And I don't know what possesses people their mind. They endure the harsh environments in the desert or in the Amazon jungles. Literally fed by mosquitoes and yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Seriously, and it's, it's, have to kill lizards and like it's, just eat yeah, them. On it's been going on for a long time now. I don't know why. Why? What's so popular about this show? I mean, I, I maybe I just enjoy a bit of eye candy, lah. Maybe see the you know sometimes the guys but like, mm. mm, like mm. but no Asians yet. God, got lots of Asians. Okay. You probably missed the part, lah. You I best selective. Like, <laughs> best selective. Yeah, like, <laughs> watching. I, I missed the part. <laughs> Sorry, the parts are all blurred out. Yeah, I know. Very sad. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so that's all we have for you. Right now, we're moving on to the next segment. Hey everyone, welcome to Scandal Panel Episode 12. Our next part, we'll be talking about Drag Race and we'll take it to Stephen. Well, thank you, AJ. I'm so happy that we get to discuss Drag Race UK and Canada and thankfully Jonathan is not here, right? Hey! How could you start Drag Race without me? Oh, Oh, we miss you, Jonathan! We miss you, but not! Why you're always so late? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Now the party is finally here. We can get on with it. So basically, you guys have already watched this week's episodes. So what do you think? Let's start with UK. Well, I have to say that this is my favorite episode of Greg Race for a really long time, you know. The theme of the song is an inappropriate saying disguised as an empowerment anthem. You know what big dick energy means, right? It's like it's like a man who exhibits very strong leadership behavior. We say that he has big dick energy. But then of but of course this is television, so they change it to big drag energy. It, it is so funny. It is so funny, but yet it is also so heartfelt at the same time. You know, these these songs, especially, of course, the ballad version that won. Yeah, the, the queens share their personal stories in song and, and, and contrasting with, with that naughty pun, especially like River section about moving on from the grief of losing her mom. You know, that, that is so heartfelt. And then the choreography as well, it, it contrasts these cheesy sisterly hand-holding moments with bouncing boobs and butts yeah it is so funny and yet so serious at the same time in a way that only lgbtq plus folks like us and our allies will will get i'm sorry to say but straight people are simply too dumb to understand so uh i really really think that the 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 group that got the quick number kind of missed out because if you look at spice girls right their iconic so many of their iconic songs are actually mid-tempo like you know too too much you know or yeah so so i i thought that the the ones with the mid-tempo group right which is you know uh pick and mix did a much better job and it really reminded me of like uh you know to become one like really really very memorable and it grows on you like maybe the first time you listen to it you might find it a bit slow but the more you listen to it the more you love it 
Yeah, and and uh, it it was I was so happy that the underdogs kind of like ruled the world. Uh, and I <laughs> so, actually really like the name of pick and mix because obviously yeah. the uh, of diverse races. Mm. You know when they were so proudly said that you know um, Chorizo may say that I'm the Spanish queen, and then after yeah, the yeah. river I'm the Asian, and then you have Vanity saying that I'm the Jamaican, and then Ella they say I'm just me. <laughs> so it's like it's just kind of nice to see the, the little mix of diverse race which is really what makes the group so diverse and so successful and the part that what really seals the win was they go oh oh <laughs> so that part really got rules laughing and even Emma Bunton, the guest judge, right? she was like laughing her rocks off. So, and I can say this is one of my favorite episodes ever because obviously, you know, hands down by far my favorite episode, mainly because I'm just a little biased when it comes to girl bands and particularly Spice Girls. So when Rue makes it like totally Spice Girls and the theme of the runway was a thousand uh, faces of Spice Girls. I'm like, oh my god, because it's just so very familiar with the US counterparts whereby they also have the thousand faces of Madonna, right? So yeah. it's just amazing. It's just and, amazing. And honestly, as non-professional singers or dancers, people mm. don't realize that a mid-tempo song is neater. Exactly. Mm. They just think it's the fast one because it's more attractive. But honestly, if you're doing it, a mid-tempo song, you realize it was cleaner and Definitely. Neater. And, and you have you more time have, to achieve yes, you understand your music. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So, well, a lot of people keep thinking that the mid-tempos are actually boring, but actually yeah. it's so not boring because that gives you time to actually to you know to actually have time for you to sing your songs, to, to elevate your, your lyrics, and also to actually to have time to actually to choreograph. choreograph. You, think, like, you, you look at Scarlett Haller, she was too fast, she couldn't even process. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes it's not sometimes being Having a fun, upbeat pop may not necessary, but unless you are like Crystal Versace, la, And what do you guys think about of Charity Case? My goodness, do you think it's an excuse for her to say, "Oh, I didn't bring any white or silver, therefore I got to dress as Dorothy in blue checks"? Come on, it's very odd. It was very, very awful. Because- and where, who is the leader? Of, I, I believe it's Kitty Scott Claus, right? Mm-hmm. Why doesn't she have anything to say about that? Don't tell me you never bring anything white, you never bring anything silver. Cannot be. <laughs> Cannot be. It's like what, what Alan Carr said, you know, you didn't bring it, and then yeah. yet you can, you can Come on with transform it. into a six-foot tiger. <laughs> leopard, and this is, no, the one-liner when Alan Carr was saying, Diva Rorev. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's why I really got me cracking. And Emma was like, what? <laughs> I mean, I love Ellen Carr. I love Ellen yeah. Carr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what do you think about the runways? Like which 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 one was your favorite? Which one was your least favorite? Well, my favorite runway moments are Teresa Mays and River Madways. Yeah. Teresa came out late into the segment, so I was wondering if there will ever be a Union Jack dress until she finally came out. And when she did, I was so relieved that she came out in this gorgeous flowing number, you know, which which is faithful to what Jerry wore, but also heightened up for drag as it should be, you know, and with, with those beautiful flowing trains. And River's costume, it bears the most resemblance to Spice Girl that she is copying, which is Jerry again, with her, with her the, right? the signature. Yeah, yeah, when, uh, with that big, that big red hair with the blonde stripe and the skin-tight mini dress, yeah. 
Yeah, so really the best dress for me are, are Jerry's basically. And what is your worst runway looks? The Charity Cases costume is exquisite. And in Beautiful. any other category, that would be the top runway of the yeah. week. Yes. It just didn't remind me of Mel B. And also Scarlet Harlots. Yeah. I suppose it did, it did look like Mel B. I thought it was just rather pedestrian. Yeah. yeah. Ernest? Okay, one thing about outfits and all that, you can obviously see who put in effort. I think if the put in effort is so clear. And I mean, no matter what people say, I still like crystals blue. I would wear that. I would wear that crystal blue thing. And yeah, it was yeah. like enhanced. And, and even though I'm not a really big uh, Spice Girl fan, but I recognize every outfit. So yeah. I must have been a closeted fan. <laughs> <laughs> because I can remember, oh yeah, this one, who wore what and all that. Yeah. And um, um, that one, who was it that had the cheetah? The, the the weird one that has charity case. Uh, charity is it charity case? The vanity as well. Vanity, vanity is a tiger. tiger. Charity is the leopard. Charity is the more effort one, right? On the yes. face, yeah. right? Yes. But why were her pants so weird? Yeah. Right, it's the pants thing, right? Like, yeah. hi, did you go to my uncle's tailor and make the straight drop pants? I mean, I mean, you know what? You know, having it singed or. Having it tighter is so much better. I mean, what happened to the silhouette, right? Uh, Vanity Milan, right? The scary spots also. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's, that's why it's the effort. And then, but you can see uh, yeah. the charity, uh, the fingernails were all diamante and all that. So yeah. little things like that really show. But then it's the details that come, you see. Yeah. 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 I was quite bummed that no one actually did a posh spice. I mean, they all did the other four. There were, always in a, there were scary spices, yeah. Because she's always in a little <laughs> in a black dress. I think the queens are afraid that if they she's come out in, in another little black dress, then Rue is going to scream at them <laughs> or worry H&M again. And plus, and technically, Posh is not, is not really part of the main lineup. Yeah. Considered like in 2019, she's not wearing black is actually quite oh, you're walking on danger path because yeah, it can yeah, make yeah. your drag not outstanding compared to the rest mm. yeah mm. but I would have to agree with Ernest like, my favourite was actually Crystal because I thought that was really cool so beautiful in fact I think it was it was better than what Kitty wore although Kitty kind of like uh, won the heart of Emma Bunton yeah. the worst okay I won't say the worst was charity case because I kind of think that even though she didn't fit the brief it still had a very very polished look to it I thought the worst one was actually Scarlet Harlot because it really it, it looked quite kind of shoddily put together it, it wasn't an elevated look as compared to the rest of them yeah, yeah. I told you and she was also a Mel B you see so it's like you put the two together it's like and, and someone he was also uh, wearing the cheetah print, so it, it looked even more yeah. obvious when they're next to each other. If there's any queen that can pull off Victoria Posh Spice, that would be Scarlet Harlot. She has the build, she has the right complexion, you know, yeah. she just needs a long, straight black wig. I think yeah. some, but one of the guest judges were actually making, hey, was it Emma or Ellen? They were saying that, why Scarlet didn't do a Posh Spice? Mm. I mean, I think this, this, there's a comment, there's a very slight comment. Mm. 
it would have been so much better because you know, given um previous week, right, when Scarlet mm. Harder won, she wore the center parting wig. So if she wore the second parting bob, right? I think she would have definitely pulled it off. Yeah, for sure. But I think for my case also, I do agree with John also. I think for worse, right? I really think that Scarlet Harlot didn't really embody Mel B totally because firstly yeah. the wig itself. You know, we all know Mel B's wig is always big and afro-like. That is literally like you know, what she's wearing, like a like a like a Joan Collins kind of wig. And then go and put the two cones. That 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 doesn't scream Mel B. And then obviously when she came out the runway, she did the hi ya. I'm like. That's the wrong melody. That's the wrong melody. It's like, again, it's like she's shooting herself in the foot. The male bees, the scary spice, are the, the worst runways in my opinion. Uh. I mean, I put aside charity case, I mean, her look was polished. If she had worn an Afro wig, she might have gotten uh, away with it, but she did not. And then obviously for Vanity Milan, right, I think with the whole corset over the suit, I think that was so wrong. Um, lucky she wore her group worn, so obviously she yeah. would have the bottom two. I would yeah. definitely have guaranteed. For my best, you know, I will also have to agree with Stephen. Uh, it's definitely a tie between um, Chorizo's Maze, uh, Ginger Spice, Iconic Union Jack dress, and also... With the... Nope. Oh! Actually, it's... Oh, I love the day! Her sporty spice was spot on. It was simple, but it was so good, especially when she was wearing this blue blue like over over sleeve right and then when she just took it off and then she just showed the whole entire embodies of the yeah. wannabe video and then she started doing the push on everything and that was really spot <laughs> I'm like my goodness that if Mel C would have Very seen Mel that C. she would be so proud so yeah. and obviously I would really love to like River Madway from the top Jerry Halliwell from the below Kacang Pute the best is horrible and what the kind of sh- the shoes that she was wearing what the <laughs> I'm like, Ernest, will you, will you see that that's a sin? That's a sin, right? And what kind, of like, what kind of shots that like you roll out the shot? If I tell like, you know, my PE shots, right? I roll out my shot. Come on. And then you know that that Jerry Halliwell actually wore that in the Istanbul concert. She wore black, not red, okay? So why? And if she wore a very high... Uh, River Mary wore a very high platform boots, right? She would definitely would have stayed yeah. it again because her group won. She's very lucky. She's very you know she could have been in the bottom two as yeah. well. I'm very worried for her. I can't uh, let this episode pass uh, our review of this episode without talking about the appearance of steps. You know, <laughs> I was. I was so surprised because uh, yeah. I was more surprised because they uh, did they did announce Baby Spice as the guest judge, but they didn't announce steps. So when the members started coming out one by one, I was so happy. I was such a big steps fan when I was in school. Yeah, and and they didn't just sit behind the table and make comments. They were very hands on working with the girls to help them. To help them do better. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I was very happy at that moment. And come to think about it, right, you know the songs of BDE, both mm-hmm. the fast and the mid-tempo, do you know actually that was Steps recording together with Michelle Versace? <gasps> oh. Did you know that or not? The recording itself, that's the reason why they say, okay, they lent their voices to BDE. That's why I heard some of the voices is very similar of Claire oh, and wow. A. Yes. 
and of course oh, age and yeah. V as well. La. So that's why I, that's the reason why they're involved because they're they're part of the recording of BDE. So that's oh, why you can hear those 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 two tracks are actually out on, on, on iTunes and all the streaming platforms yep. on Spotify as well. So So let's move on from UK to the Maple Leaf. Yes, yes, the Maple Leaf country. So, what do you think of the premiere episode? Sorry, I haven't seen yet. So, <laughs> I will see it. Okay. You tell okay. me, yes. Okay, okay, we will spoil it for you. Ernest. No problem. <laughs> yeah. All right. So how do you like the new judges? I have to say, I found them quite, quite conservative, actually. You know, they are like, they are new, as much newcomers as the contestants are. So, so everyone is, is trying to find their footing, except for Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn is really coming into her, her own. Uh, she was the head judge this week. I'm not sure you know, whether they're going to do rotations like last season. Uh, however, I'm happy that, uh, that the guest judge is not the guest host and announcing the lip sync to the queens yeah so uh brooklyn was stunning she was uh, the look was immaculate in that gold look yeah and uh, and she really held all the pieces together um i feel that coming right after uk it just felt a little subdued for me uh first episodes for me are usually a bit of a haze because there are so many queens uh, unless it's like a US season where they split the contestants into groups of two, then I, I can kind of get to know the queens better. But uh, usually the first episodes, there's too many of them. And, uh, and as the, the episode, as the series progresses, I will get to know them better. Yeah, but for now, it's all a bit of a haze. Uh, and uh, what I love most is Brooklyn's progression to uh, to become, you know, the head judge of the series at this point. Okay, so uh, we're, we're very excited to have two Asian queens this time round in Canada. So, uh, and, 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 and they're not pedestrian at all. I mean, like, Sukido is uh, like a total killer when it comes to looks. Yeah. I mean, her, her entrance look is amazing. And right, right. I mean, rightly so. She also won the photo shoot challenge, which mm. was also the the poise was simply amazing. I'm so glad that uh, Canada has actually brought the photo shoot element that was in earlier seasons of the US, yeah. where the queens used used to do a photo shoot. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to see that. And uh, last season, like um, last season, Jimbo did this iconic. <laughs> scream at the top of the icy mountains. So this season, Sukido really dominated with that really nice red color look that yeah. she did. Yeah, and uh, it was very interesting that Stephanie Prince uh, showed up with a Jolly Bee inspired look. So that was like, oh I God. really love that look. Yeah. I love Jolly Bees. That's my, yes. favorite. my favorite. So I was like, oh my God, that's such a great surprise. Yeah. yeah, she's a threat. She's a threat, actually. I guess there's one of more Canada, right? Yeah, I suppose so. I, I suppose it's so amazing. I mean, Jollibee is like almost everywhere. Oh, Jollibee is a nice food. You should taste the food in Singapore. My God. We always order grab eats, always order Jollibee's. The chicken? Oh, yeah, the chicken, the burgers. Yeah, the chicken is supposed to be amazing. The spaghetti. The spaghetti is to die. Okay, back, 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 back to Dead Race. Okay. Okay. So it makes me hungry. Now we move on to AJ to deliver his All right. Yeah. So I guess I just want to have a very quick one. For this batch of queens, 
I did not like any of their entrance look, to be honest. None of them impressed me. I mean, apart from Stephanie Prince of a Jollibee outfit, the rest is really like blah. Suki doll was okay, okay, but it's still. But you know what really sets her off? What makes her noticeable? It's not because of the rings around her dress. Uh-huh. Is the train, and I think uh-huh. Ernest will be so obsessed because you say you want dramatic train. Wait till you see Suki Dot, you will be celebrating with that. Like, now that's my girl, that's my okay. girl. So, other than that, right? The you all know that this week's episode is a, a design challenge, mm-hmm. and so basically, what do you think of the outfits? Because to me, I don't feel any of them actually really stands out, but I oh. felt that Stephanie Prince was rocked. Even though I think Isis could tour, I mean, yeah, she won, but yeah. then again, the whole tickets, tickets stop. <laughs> Not your favorite, right? Your favorite outfit, right? How many tickets stops? <laughs> Stephanie Prince's outfit was definitely the most striking for me, for sure. Yeah, if you put them on a lineup, hers definitely is the most outstanding, you know, just the, the yeah. choice of colors that she used. Yeah. The blue and the pink was amazing, but I just thought that because maybe the wig, uh, again, I comment like the wig was just so bad. You know, if it was like a bigger, nice, buffoon wig, right, it would have been more eleganza because the brief is ultimately called eleganza. So, I yeah. mean, she was referencing your favorite artist one, Nicki Minaj. Uh, <laughs> but then the Nicki Minaj, it looks like the Nicki Minaj wig just got us soaked in the aquarium water and then just, just dried, you know, towel, towel dried. But yeah. I also noticed that there are two parallels to some of the US uh, drag race. Like for example, we have a we have a sort of a Latrice Royale. Oh yeah! With, oh uh, my god! Ocean, ocean oh. How is oh she safe? How is she <laughs> safe? Well, she really she's very lucky. She got through by the skin of her teeth, man. Yeah, and she also is like. The Eureka as well, or the Victoria. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Eureka. I'm not sure whether she was another she... Eureka Victoria uh, Stone edit. <laughs> yeah, and then the next, the next, next parallel I noticed was the Brad Pack, which yeah. is the three queens uh, yes. who are very close friends. So we're going to see how that pans out. Whether it's going to be Alaska talks. Yeah, it's because the right. Lucky yeah. ge- geometrics that did not get voted out. Okay. Ah. Otherwise, that so otherwise the black pack is gone already. Yeah. But she's actually quite tradey, to be honest with you. She oh, is, right. yeah. Very tradey, right? Yeah, this yeah, is something yeah. about her, Mac. Mm. And then mm. the years. Oh my god, the elfish years. My god, I'm actually like I'm yeah. really liking it. I'm like, if I see her, I want to we want to touch. Oh, we want to pinch. Very very sharp years. Unless you'd be very interested. You look at geometrics, oh, wow, the years are look like elf, you know? And they're real, they're not even fake. Yeah. It's like that you Netflix series, the... right? Huh? Yes. Netflix series, this is... Oh, the rings, is it? No, where the babies all had elf years. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. There's a new breed that's in on Earth now. Oh, is it? Who's the friend, the blonde guy one? The one that, the very last queen that uh, of the entrance look? Also part of the bread pack. Princess. Uh Sin Cynthia Kiss. Oh, Cynthia Kiss? Uh, 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 Cynthia K
Yeah. This season, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Very polished, very blonde, very smooth face and kind of stuff. But yeah, that but the one to watch out for because she could be the bitch of the season. She could be like the Carmen Ferrella. Like. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I love her runway outfit actually, to be honest. Her runway, mm. her so-called um eleganza was quite well done and was like even though it's manually made. And yeah. I'm surprised she didn't even wish it was safe. I was like, wow. Judges mm-hmm. now, we have to see what the judges, how the judges think. What well, did Again, you guys like, think of yeah. the lip sync and the eliminated queen this week? I think, oh yes, speaking of the lip sync, I want your thoughts, you know, AJ and Stephen. What did you think of um, the, 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 the crying queen at the back? Oh, you 6,000, <laughs> right? <laughs> I thought she should have been bottom two actually, but I think they just save her because she has this kind of dramatic, obnoxious personality. And I love Suki Doll's confessional. I know she's a theater queen. Bring it on. Show your 15 minutes, okay? Actually, you know what? I really like Suki Doll. Like she's another well, she's and she's up and coming for Asian representative, yeah, and I yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So, yeah. She has a sharp tongue. Very sharp tongue. She looks to me like like her cheeks has been pumped up with a lot of filler. You never she know. Really swollen. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she already has these like slanty Asian eyes. I'm not sure if she's like Japanese or Korean. But then, but then these like really swollen cheeks make her eyes look even slantier. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Although it just doesn't look same. natural, like no one's cheekbones are that big. Oh, it's the same as Kimora Black as well. Oh Kimora yeah. And she said, mm. no, I'd never go for cheek blood. Liar. Liar, liar, mm. pants on fire. No, but she still insists in the podcast interviews that I've heard. She did say that she does say that there are natural cheekbones, but she understands that people say that people assume that they are filler. Yeah, you so mean Kimura Black or Sukido? Kimura Black. Mm. I don't believe because yeah, it definitely is 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 fillers for sure. I know. It's okay, fillers. so uh, as we wrap up the discussion, uh, Ernest, what do you think about uh, us have possibly having three different seasons from three different countries coming up soon? Because November Italia is going to start. I don't know how I'm gonna do it. I think we might even have to have a separate episode of this just for drag race. I swear to you guys, I swear to you guys. Oh my oh. Yeah, so guys, please who are, who are watching this, please leave down in the comments what do you think. Should we have the standalone episode just talk about drag race? Because I don't know how we're gonna squeeze this on. You never episode. know, you know, when when drag race, uh, when drag den is coming up also. Oh, or Drag Race Philippines. Or Drag Can I say, as someone who has had a brief career in Italy, and hopefully I can kind of resume that soon, yeah, I am so looking forward to Drag Race Italia. Yeah. Um, I really yeah, hope yeah. so because I, I can't wait to see the Italian contestants and see how feisty they are. Oh, they're very feisty. You're going to expect a lot of drama. It, yeah. Italians, oh my god, don't fuck around with them, I tell you. Italians yeah. are like Spanish, they, the, the temperament is there. <laughs> but Spanish, on the other hand, Mexico. they're very mellow. The Spanish <laughs> is very mellow, right? <laughs> I, I, I can't wait, no. I, I, I suspect Italia is going to 
ring out the drama. Bring on the drama, man. Bring on the drama. Okay, so speaking of drama, remember to stay scandalized as we big goodbye and to our next episode. Okay? See you. Bye. 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 Bye.